This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Eliza Harvey. It's Tuesday the 30th of November. In your Squeeze today, a pause on Australia's border reopening. Rains stop but flooding continues. Ghislaine Maxwell's trial begins. And how long is too long to be stuck at the pub? This is your Squeeze today. Starting inevitably with this new COVID variant, Eliza, tomorrow our international border was supposed to open up to vaccinated visa holders. So we're talking international skilled workers, migrants and students. But after a meeting of Cabinet's National Security Committee was briefed on the latest information about Omicron last night, they've paused that plan. Yeah, that's right. That decision was made following the advice from the Chief Medical Officer, Professor Paul Kelly, to the Cabinet meeting. He said more time's needed to evaluate the threat of this new variant. So there'll be people scrambling to change plans now. The new date for border restrictions to ease is December 15. But with things changing so rapidly right now, it's not really an ideal environment to make plans, particularly hard for so many people so close to Christmas. And it's all against the backdrop of a new announcement from the World Health Organization overnight to say that Omicron poses a, quote, very high global risk and it's likely to spread further across the world. Important to keep in mind the variant, though, was only reported to the World Health Organization last Wednesday, so there's still a lot we don't know about it. Also important to reiterate here that the border situation isn't changing for Australian citizens and permanent residents. They can come and go, though now must isolate for, depending on which state they're going to, at least 72 hours on arrival. Of course, Eliza, as you mentioned, plenty now concerned about whether that might change. Well, the Prime Minister Scott Morrison says he wants to keep those borders open. I suppose the big question is what happens with the state borders? The National Cabinet is going to sit this afternoon and hammer out a national response, but we do know that states and territories can go their own way. There are those people confirmed with the Omicron variant in New South Wales and one case in the Territory, although that person went straight off a plane into quarantine. So I suppose the focus will be on the borders between New South Wales and Victoria in Queensland. The New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet for his part said he doesn't want to see any knee-jerk reactions. We do have to open up to the world. Interestingly WA Premier Mark McGowan said he was sticking to his plan for now to allow quarantine free domestic and international travel into WA from say late January, early February but he added a caveat. He said we don't know what's going to happen with Omicron. Yeah, plenty of interest in that National Cabinet meeting today. As for how other nations are responding. We mentioned yesterday that Israel has closed its borders. Japan has now done the same. And in the UK, face masks are back and booster shots have been brought forward. To flooding in large parts of inland New South Wales, now Eliza, especially around Gunnedah and Narrabri. The rain has stopped, but floodwaters remain. That's the thing with floods. The leftover water can be just as damaging as the rain itself. Yeah, those floodwaters are wreaking havoc in the northwest of New South Wales. It's the Namoy River, which is the biggest cause for concern. You mentioned Gunnedah, towns like Wee War, Narrabri. Some of those areas, their parks look like lakes and the State Emergency Service has been fielding thousands of calls for help. So some people did manage to get their harvest off before the wet. Some others have delayed it with crops either being downgraded to animal feed or destroyed if it all gets too wet. 
Yeah, not to be forgotten either is Queensland. Flood warnings are in place for pockets across that state also. Flooding in the Mackay region has caused road and school closures. So, yeah, Eliza, it's wet. To the ever-growing tensions between China and Taiwan now, on Sunday 27, Chinese aircraft entered Taiwan's air defence identification zone. That's what they call the space where they identify and monitor foreign aircraft in the interest of security. The timing, well, Eliza, it was no accident. No, some muscle flexing here, it seems, from China and its president, Xi Jinping. He'd wrapped up a three-day meeting with China's top brass to discuss strengthening the armed forces in order to win wars. And of course, the broader context here is that Taiwan is the breakaway Chinese province to the mainland. The mainland wants to reunify with it, but Taiwan wants to stay as a sovereign state. So Taiwan responded to all of this by saying it won't bow to China's pressure. Yeah, of course. It was just two weeks ago that US President Joe Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping met. And Xi warned Biden that encouraging Taiwanese independence would be playing with fire. Ghislaine Maxwell's trial has started in New York, Eliza. She's the former girlfriend and associate of Jeffrey Epstein. She's on trial over her alleged participation in his sexual abuse of underage girls. So Ghislaine Maxwell, she's the British socialite who prosecutors will argue helped Jeffrey Epstein groom, traffic and abuse four underage girls over several years, starting in the 90s. And they include key accuser Virginia Dufresne, and she lives in Australia. She's been leading the push against Maxwell. Now, of course, Epstein died in jail in 2019. So for some of these women, it could be their last chance at justice. It's expected we're going to get a bit more information about the shadowy workings of Epstein's sex trafficking ring, which is believed to include a number of high-profile figures. If found guilty, Ghislaine Maxwell faces up to 80 years in jail, but her legal team is expected to challenge the accuser's memories and the notion that she committed grooming by proxy. Yeah, she says she's not guilty. She denies any wrongdoing. This one will be closely watched. The trial is expected to last up to six weeks. David Gulpalil Eliza is being remembered as our greatest Aboriginal actor. His death was announced last night after a long battle with cancer. He died at 68. He was born and raised in northeast Arnhem Land and he actually lived his final years in Murray Bridge, a town about 60 k's east of Adelaide and he was there for medical care for that ongoing lung cancer. So you might remember David Gulpalil from Crocodile Dundee, Rabbit Proof Fence. He was also a brilliant dancer. He met the Queen in 1987. If you haven't seen it already, I really recommend the documentary My Name is Gulpalil. It's a really terrific piece of film, lots of historical material. He speaks very candidly about his life, about racism, substance abuse and its consequences. And importantly, the documentary launched when he was still alive, which I think many, including himself, did not expect. And there was widespread critical acclaim. Yeah, lots of talk about that film. It was released earlier this year. He had a standing ovation at the end. Of course, I remember him in Stormboy, Eliza. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, he's one of those ones, once you start reading, you realise he's been in a lot of stuff. 
Now, this is a story that I can really see the pros and cons of. Imagine going to the pub, Eliza, for a Friday Arvo bevy and being stuck there for three days. <laughs> well, there's a couple of big ifs there. Did they still have booze at the end of the three days? <laughs> what, what was happening to the children at home or any other commitments? But I must say, I looked at there was this big snow dump outside that pub in Yorkshire. But there's a kicker in here. They went to watch an Oasis tribute band. So my question is, how many Wonder Walls did they have to go through in three days? <laughs> well, I can confirm that they didn't run out of beer, so I'm expecting a lot of Wonder Walls in three days. <laughs> it was The venue was the Tanhill Inn. It's Britain's highest pub. As you say, they were snowed in, couldn't get out. They are now out. They're back home. The children are okay, Eliza. <laughs> <laughs> Squeeze the day. I am going to kick back and watch the Matildas tonight in that second friendly match against the USA, 8 o'clock. Yep, fingers crossed. I'm going to go out and buy the Good Food Guide. For those who are in Sydney and Melbourne, the Good Food Guide normally comes out as a book this year. It's a glossy magazine free in nine newspapers. It's a big change this year. No hats or ratings, just a big celebration of food and those really plucky chefs and business owners who managed to stay open this year. I've looked at some great gelato picks in Sydney and some amazing chilli wontons in Melbourne. I'm almost tempted to go and get on a plane and get down there and have them. Yeah, it's great to be eating out again. While we're talking about guides, of course, we have our Christmas gift guide with Buy From The Bush available on our website. I'll put a link in your episode notes. If you're struggling for gift inspiration, check that out. That's all from us today. Enjoy your Tuesday and we'll be back tomorrow. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super, one of Australia's most awarded super funds. It can be hard to know where the best place to grow your super is, but with awards like CanStar's Outstanding Value three years in a row and Money Magazine's 2024 Ultra Long Term Performance, Aware Super's 1.1 million members can be confident their super is in good hands. Visit aware.com.au forward slash awards to find out more. Awards are only one consideration. Read the PDS and TMD on the website.